Good morning, everyone. My name's San. Uh, privileged to be part of this church community, part of this church family. I'm just going to be sharing with you for just a few moments on the reality of Easter. So that's Easter according to those dear kids. So I want to start by asking you the question. Would you have described it like they did? How, how would you describe Easter? If I was to say, what is Easter according to you, what would you say? For many, today uh, is nothing more than just a little fluffy chicken, a chick. Uh, delicious, I give you. But to celebrate a little fluffy Easter bunny or a fluffy little chicken or to eat too much chocolate. Kids, if there are any children or adults, have you eaten chocolate already this morning? No, no. Is, is that simply what Easter is? Do we, do we come together as a memorial service that we celebrate things that we're not too sure on what we're celebrating? Now, I want to say to you that two, over 2 billion people on the planet today, 2.5 I think, would say there is far much more than just celebrating a chicken or an egg or an Easter bunny what they would say is exactly what's on the screen behind me here. Today celebrates one event that changed everything. One event that changed the course of everything. It changed the course of history. It changed the course of human hearts. It changed the course of a couple of hundred people's lives here this morning. And it was one event. And you know what? Every day we can celebrate the reality of Easter. Today is when we mark it and we say, Jesus, you're so incredible. As Sarah closed off our time of worship by saying, thank you, Jesus, that you're continuing to change my life. I want to I just read something from the Bible here. If you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, this is written by a guy called Paul, who's known as the Apostle Paul. But you know what? This guy called Paul was a, was a hater of Jesus. He hated this message of Christianity. He tried his hardest to stop it. But actually, Jesus flipped, turned his life around, and he gave his whole life to telling anyone that would listen about Jesus. And he wrote something in a letter to the Corinthian church. I think it's going to come up behind me. And this is where I want to base it on. This is the one thing that changed everything. It says, for, Paul says, For what I received, I want to pass on to you as of first importance. Now, this is the most important thing to Paul. For what I've got, I want to pass on to you of utmost importance, and it's this, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, according to this, he was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again. This was the one event that changed everything. Jesus died and he rose again. And Paul's saying this is of utmost importance, and I want to say to you, friends, family, the whole of the Christian message hinges on this reality. And it is utmost importance. The reason why we're here, the reason why we're standing and singing and saying the resurrected king is resurrecting me is because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. This is the message that the Apostle Paul carried to church after church, people group after people group. Guess what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Now, when Jesus' friends went to the tomb, they found it empty. I love what those kids did there. When I watched that, I just love the fact that we can laugh about this as well. 
you know, Jesus, part of me was like, man, is this irreverent to show this? But it's nothing quite like the mouths of babes and children, is there? What was Jesus doing in there? Was he playing games? Was he having a party for one? Eating, drinking soda and eating Cheetos? I don't think so. Jesus wasn't there. When his friends came to the tomb, Jesus had gone. The grave was empty. God robbed the grave. He robbed the grave. But there's three main objections that um, people say. This is why the grave was empty. When, when Mary was the first to go to the grave, this is so precious. Like Mary was a prostitute, and he was one of Jesus' closest friends. And she was the first one that Jesus appeared to. That's how precious our Savior is. That he came for the rejected of society. That those that everyone else would give up on. Jesus said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call you friend. And I'm going to say your name the moment that I've risen from death itself. These are the three main objections. Objection number one is Jesus didn't die. Now, he'd just gone through Roman flogging where many people died before they were even crucified. Crucifixion was the most heinous form of torture, so much so that it was abolished. It was horrific. Many people didn't even make it to the cross because they died through flogging, through torture. So Jesus was publicly tortured. He was flogged. He was whipped. He was beaten. The Bible says that he was unrecognizable to the human eye. That's how beaten he was. He then had to carry a cross. He was then nailed to a cross through his wrists and his feet. And he hung there bleeding and suffocating. And they had to get his body down because of the Jewish festivals. So they needed to make sure that he was dead. So what one of the Roman guards did is he speared through his side and it punctured his heart and his lungs. Jesus was dead. Objection number one isn't plausible. Jesus died. The reason why the, Ro- the, re- the Romans were really good at killing people. Happy Easter, folks. <laughs> they were really good at it. They were experts at it. He was dead. They took him down. They wrapped him in uh, linen. They then stuffed him into a tomb where he lay for three days. He was dead. Objection number one to me is implausible. Objection two is someone stole the body. This too is a bit ridiculous because the reason why Jesus was killed because of blasphemy, because the religious authorities thought he was a blasphemer. So they wouldn't have stolen the body because it would have undermined their their reason to kill him. Or as soon as the people, people would have risen up to say, see, we told you he's the Messiah. They would have said, no, 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 here he is. They would have rolled out his corpse. No one has found a body. And if the authorities wanted to stop it, they wouldn't have stolen the body. So the body being stolen isn't plausible either. And the third objection is it was all a hallucination. Uh, friends of mine have hallucinated. Um, and they tell me that... Um, Actually, it's, it's contained to just them. So uh, often we hear that people have hallucinations, but not several hundred people all at the same time. You'd have to think your water was pretty polluted for that to happen. But several hundred people over a period of 40 plus days, several hundred, all having the same hallucinations of Jesus living among them, eating with them, teaching them, So for me also, these objections aren't plausible. For me, this is what I believe. 2,000 years on, the message of this Jesus 
continues to spread across the globe and it is changing and affecting lives and situations everywhere. Why? Because of one profound reality. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And he's here this morning, folks. He's here by his spirit this morning. Personally, Jesus being alive changed everything for me. Everything. 16 years ago, I would have said to you, I don't think Jesus is alive. But 16 years on, I say confidently, he is absolutely alive. And he continues to bring me to life. So I would have been much like many others. I would have mocked people. I would have mocked a lot of you guys here this morning saying, man, you guys are a bit nuts. This is like believing in Peter Pan or Father Christmas. Sorry if I've shattered some of your dreams with those already. But you guys are crazy, aren't you? Or I would have been like this guy called Thomas in the Bible, who says, one of Jesus' closest friends, when he was told, Jesus isn't there, he's alive, Thomas said, don't be crazy, unless I touch the side where the spear went, or unless I touch the hands where the nails were driven through, I will never believe. And then suddenly Jesus appears to him. He says, Thomas, touch my side and my hands, and he falls to his face and says, my Lord and my God. That's what happened to me. On a Wednesday evening, winter's evening, I was in someone's front room and I heard about Jesus. I heard that Jesus loves me. I heard that Jesus so loved me that he died upon a wooden cross for all my guilt. And man, I was covered in guilt. All of my shame. And man, I walked in shame. All of my mess, all of my junk, all of my sin. He carried on his shoulders like a lamb being led to the slaughter. And he died on the cross. But then he was buried. And my sin was buried with him. And then he rose again from the dead. And he is alive in brand new resurrected life. And if I would simply turn and trust in him, I could have brand new life. My slate could be washed clean. And do you know what? On that Wednesday evening, I thought, man, I want my slate to be washed clean. I want to be clean again. Because I feel grubby on the inside. I feel damaged on the inside and Jesus washed my life brand new. I've said to many of you before, it was like I was being washed with liquid love. All of this rejection, all of this pain, all of this sin, all of this guilt and shame. If I could just show on the screen everything I've done, man, you'd think I was a monster. But we'd think that of one another, wouldn't we? And in a moment, Jesus washed me brand new and the reason why my life changed I had many friends come up to me afterward and say man we're so impressed with how you've changed your life I'm like no there's no way I could have changed my life the reason why my life changed in a in a millisecond is down to one profound reality Jesus is alive Jesus is alive and he changed me I heard him say to me not audibly as you hear my voice but in my heart I heard him say, I, I know you. I've always known you. And it's now time to choose. It's time to come to me. It's time to follow me. And the moment I said, man, I do, I felt my whole heart change. I came out of this house. I phoned my now wife. I was crying on the phone like, I think I've become a Christian. <laughs> oh, no, I think I've become a Christian. <laughs> and everything changed. In that moment, he is the one that rescued and washed me, and changed me, and redeemed me. 
No risen Jesus, no message. There would be absolutely no point Andy and Penny leading us in worship as beautifully as you do that. No point whatsoever, because we'd have nothing to proclaim. We'd have nothing to sing about. No risen Jesus, no message. It's as simple as that. Without the resurrection, this whole thing crumbles. I'm to be pitied, the Bible says. You're to look at us as foolish if this wasn't true, but it is true. The whole of the Christian message hangs, hinges on that reality that Jesus is alive. The gospel means good news. It's not bad good news. It's great news. It's incredible news. 16 years ago, I heard news that I thought, why hasn't anyone ever told me this before? It was news that resurrected my heart. It is the most incredible news. And I'll tell you for why. Because Jesus is alive, there's hope for this broken world. There's hope for this world. You only need to flick on the news and realize, oh man, we're in trouble. You only need to look into your heart and realize you're in trouble. You only need to look at the person next to you. You don't need to do it. And realize that, man, we're in trouble. (laughs) Happy Easter. Jesus being alive changes everything. You know, growing up, I had some soul-searching questions. Plaguing questions that continue to haunt and plague me. Why am I here? How did I get here? What happens next? What happens next was the biggest of them all. What happens when my heart stops? What happens when the curtains close? Is it curtains closed or is there more? So even before I knew Jesus, I longed for, I hoped for, please tell me there's more. And the reason why people search all over the place is because we're built for more. We'll be, we're built to live forever. We're built to live forever in peace and harmony. And because Jesus is alive, this changes everything. You see, death is such a final concept. That's why I love in our worship songs, we say, death, where's your sting? Where's the great, you know, what, what hold do you have over us? Death is such a huge concept. It's so final, so, so shocking, so horrible. Friends, that's because it is. I've been to a fair few funerals in my, my short life, and nowhere do you look around you and people go, man, this feels great. This is a good feeling. No, something built into all of us goes, no, this is wrong. Everything about this is wrong. And the beautiful message of Jesus Christ is, I came to give you hope after the grave. Jesus comes to give us a whole new alternative after death itself. And that fills my heart with peace. Death would not be the end, but actually the start of a brand new beginning. Listen to this, what Jesus himself said. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever Whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Man, that's a message that the whole of humanity needs to hear. God so loved the world. Jesus himself said at his friend's grave, I am the resurrection and the life. This guy called Lazarus had just died and his two sisters were grieving and mourning. And Jesus said to them, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, 
even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That's an incredible statement. That's an outrageous statement. Jesus is proclaiming to have an answer to death itself. And you and I can know eternal life, life without end, life in eternal peace and joy and hope. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. And because he's alive, you can truly live. And it's all through faith in this wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, through simply going, man, I do. I believe. What is he like? Who are we putting our trust and faith in? We need to know what he's like. This, this beautiful Savior, Jesus, was one that came to befriend souls like us, people like us, ordinary human beings. And he came to rescue and redeem us. He came to wash us. He came to fill us with love. He came to shower us with compassion. He comes to give us hope. His nature is to heal and restore. What is he like? I want to show you what he's like. Uh, let me uh, show you what he's like by letting us see a few friends of mine. If we can roll the video. Isn't that beautiful? All because of that one reality, because he is alive. Let me ask you the question. If I was to give you a bit of white cardboard and I was to say, what would you write? What story would you have written? How has your life played out? 16 years ago, Jesus stepped into my world, into my life, and he rewrote my story. And he continues to rewrite my story. Several years ago, all, all different stories we've heard there, but Jesus stepped into each one of those persons lives and he began to rewrite their story there's hope because he's alive the bible states that if we turn to jesus if we confess him savior and lord if we trust him if we believe in him then he wipes the slate clean totally and utterly clean totally clean gives us a brand new life with a brand new start and a brand new identity i now stand here as a saved, secure son of God. Not because of anything I'd done, but all because of his mercy. He just chose to shower me with mercy. He gave me incredible peace, incredible hope, and an incredible future. Jesus being alive, friends, means that he gets to rewrite our story. And he gets to rewrite your story. He's the one that turns the tables. You see, through insecurity that we heard on the screen for anxiety, confusion, pain, suffering, sickness, depression, grief, loneliness. He's the one that brings hope. He's the one that is full of love. He's the one that places the lonely in a family. He's the one that restores. He's the one that forgives completely and totally. He's the one that absolutely forgives everything. Like everything you thought, done, or said he forgives wholly and completely. And he's the one, as that brilliant sign said, that makes all things new again. You see, he takes the broken, the busted, the wounded, the despised things of this world, and he makes them whole. And that's people. Friend, because he's alive, 
miracles can happen. And I want to tell you as bold as brass today, he can be your miracle this Easter Sunday. He can give you resurrected new life in a millisecond. And all you need to do is turn to him. You don't wash yourself new, he does it. All you need to do is come in faith. The Bible says, for God so loved you, not them, but you, that he would come in the person of Jesus. And Jesus would go to a wooden cross at Calvary and he would die upon a wooden cross carrying all of our guilt and shame, all of your guilt and shame. And he was buried in a tomb and then three days later he burst from the grave itself. And because he has new resurrected life, you can have brand new resurrected life in him. And all you need to do is come. All you need to do is turn. All you need to do is believe and trust. Can I invite the band to come back up and join me? Man, I'm still a little bit done in by looking at some of those stories again. You know, when we filmed them last week, John does such an incredible job just putting all that together. He showed us in the week and... Chloe, I remember your response, just like wiping tears and like, man, these are, these are people's lives. These are people's lives. And this is because Jesus is alive. You see, the, the cross also leads us to a crossroad. And at this crossroad where I was led to as well, there's a, two ways you can go. The cross leads to a crossroad where there's a decision to make. And the reality of Jesus and who he is and what he's done, it calls for a response. And actually, the reality of Jesus being alive right now calls for a response. So I just want to ask you, friend, how will you respond? Whether you know Jesus here or not this morning, how will you respond today? Because for me, I've known him 16 years, but you know, as I speak about him again, it's as if it happened right now. The moment that I first met him. So what road will you go down? You know, one road will lead to a dead end. And there'll be no hope at the end. It promises life and it's broad and wide, but it will lead to death. But there's another road that will lead to life. And it looks narrow and it looks a bit strange. And it looks a bit broken to walk down. But if you walk down this road, it will lead to life. And life in its fullness eternal life, a life with, full of hope and peace. And this road is Jesus. This path is Jesus. So friend, I want to encourage you, choose Jesus this morning, right now. Choose him. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, choose him again. Say, Jesus, I'm coming after you. I'm not saying you're going to get freshly saved. I'm just saying that you can, in your heart of hearts, go, Jesus, this Sunday... This Easter Sunday, I'm choosing to walk that path that is you. And if you don't know him, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer right now. For this, I'm just going to ask everyone to stand. You know, Jesus said to his friend John, I'm the living one. I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. 
Imagine what John must have thought. And I feel like that might be the reality for some of you this morning. Like you, you feel like you're here randomly maybe, but it's not random chance. There's an orchestrator. There's a designer. There's someone that has called you by name. And he stands before you and says, I am the living one. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And because he's alive, you can now have brand new life in him. So maybe you're going to be saying this for the first time, or you just feel, man, I just want to say this again as a recommitment, my life to this wonderful Jesus. So right now, just close your eyes and just imagine it's you and Jesus, no one else, you and him. And just repeat something like this. Jesus, thank you that you know me. And thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died upon a wooden cross for all of my mess. I ask for your forgiveness, Jesus. Now please wash me brand new. Make me whole. I want to know you. I choose to follow you today as my Lord and my Saviour and my very best friend. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you fill my heart with hope? Jesus, we are in awe of you. Again, I'm in awe of you, that you would go on that dusty road and you would pin your life upon a wooden cross to sacrifice yourself for us. That through your broken body and your blood shed, we can actually know real life. Thank you that you died upon a wooden cross for all of our sin. You were buried in a tomb and three days later you burst from the grave. And I thank you, Jesus, because you live, we can live in you. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for life without end. Thank you for eternal hope, eternal joy, eternal peace. Thank you that you're rewriting our story. Thank you you've rewritten our story and our destiny is secure in you. You know, friend, if the Bible says if we confess Him as Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we're saved. It's as simple as that. And anyone that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And that's saved forever. So right now, as we close our time by just worshipping Him as Andy and Penny, as they lead us, maybe make this personal for yourself this Easter Sunday. Jesus, we love you and we love the fact that you're alive.